You're listening to Shady Pines Radio. You can never be sure just where you're going. And memory is a fleeting thing. But you can always know exactly where you are. Shady Pines Radio. You've always been invited. And now, you're here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll be easy, man. You know, I'm I'm a pretty diplomatic guy, so my my mom ruined me that way. So, <laughs> like, I'm I'm like I'm really diplomatic, or like, what it used to be, I was either really diplomatic, like the nicest guy you'd ever meet, or I was like breaking every window in your house, like like that quick, right. like zero, zero to sixty, you know. Right. And like now, in my older age, you know, I've I've come to like I'll give you a warning before I do it. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my, I guess I've learned the hard way not to lose my shit, even though I do every now and again still, because I know down the road it just ends up bad. It's like, just grin and bear it, exactly. move on, don't fucking flip out. Exactly, dude. I'm, I'm tired of saying sorry, man. Oh, I know. And I've wow. lost friends over it. Oh, me too. You know, okay, I sent my friend a drunk message a couple of months ago, and I, mm-hmm. I felt bad about it. And then I, I didn't really even know. I didn't even really want to talk to him. <laughs> yeah. It was just like embarrassing. And then he he got drunk and texted me all this shit. Like he wants to fight me. And I'm like, we're not we're not gonna fight. That's fucking stupid. Like Wow. Holy shit. But in the end, I was like, I feel like it wasn't exactly the wrong thing to do. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not good to text people <laughs> drunk, but we were just having some issues and like yeah. I don't exactly feel bad about it. So whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you just, find out who you, you find out who your real friends are sometimes oh, too. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, like Pat and Ian, they're they're great examples. Like both ways with us. I mean, we've done some some pretty vile shit to each other, but we we you know we come back around. It's like, all right, you shit the, you shit your pants, man. You know, let's let's move on. Right, you know? <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, I mean that that is real good friends and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have friends that are like brothers and we fight oh, like yeah. crazy, but we're always good in the end. We might, totally. I mean, I've had friends where like, we're super, super tight, but like mm-hmm. I'll be sitting at the bar and they'll just walk right past me. But, like we don't mm-hmm. know each other cause we're just not talking and oh yeah, I think it's okay. I mean, nothing's perfect. And in a few months we get over it and we're cool yeah. again. Yeah. Totally, man. It's yep. been a while, but yeah, my oldest friend, like, yeah, we, yeah, we've almost killed each other a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> It's all yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Yep. There was a time when been like I'm never talking to you again. But then he always did. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. There there was a time uh probably it probably stopped like by the time my kid was born right around 99 where where I was like, "Man, I've I've actually fist fought every one of my friends." And like this is before Fight Club came out. What do you want me to do? You just want me to hit you. Come on. Do me just one favor. Why? Why? I don't know why. I don't know. Never been in a fight. You? No, but that that's a good thing. No, it is not. How much can you know about yourself if you've never been in a fight? So I was pretty totally, proud of that. Totally. And we would just, and then now it's like, wow, I haven't done that since that time. And like, I'm kind of proud of it. You know, it's like, we don't, we don't need good. to do that. We don't need to do that anymore. You know? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I've never really fought one of my friends. So like with fists. So that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we used to just get like bored out of our minds and drunk as yeah. like hell, and like 
Right. You know, four days bender, and it's like, well, what do we do now? All right, you want to fight? You know, and it was just, it was ridiculous, man. Right, right. You know, one time I was fighting my friend. His name was Broken in Philadelphia, and we were fighting in this squat, man. There was all these, it was like Lord of the Flies types all around us, just cheering us on. And like, he, he threw me into a fucking TV that was like one of those old heavy TVs. <laughs> and I hit all my head. All those things will kill you. Oh, dude, I hit my head on the corner of it. And I had a soft spot on my head for like a week, right? Oh, man. And then I hit him in the ears. Like I came, turned his head and I hit him in the side of the head and he blood was coming out of his ears. So I said, all right, that's it. We're done. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's yeah, it was, bad. It, it was getting like it wasn't fun anymore, you know? Right. It got too real. Mm-hmm. Well, I had a so-called friend a couple of years ago. I don't know what happened, but I didn't even want to go to his house. Where I was, it was one of those things where your gut is like, just go home but everybody's yeah. like we're having a good time and all this shit and uh i'm just sitting on the couch and someone asked me to actually read something mm-hmm. i think this guy's just been jealous of me for years for whatever fucking reason no matter yeah. whether it's work or poetry or whatever but yeah all, all of a sudden you know he was just laying on the couch on a pillow and then he gets up and just starts punching me in the ear and i lost part of the hearing in my ear oh, and i didn't shit. even retaliate i was like well, just stop man like we're mm-hmm. friends what are you doing mm-hmm. Because I've had friends punch me in the face. Actually, I shouldn't say I've never fought a friend, but I, I've had friends punch me in the face, and I'm like, I can take a punch. I'm not going to punch you back. I'm not going to yeah. start this shit. You're being ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So luckily, oh, I wow. can take a punch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all these people are like, you fucking punch me? What the fuck? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I grew up pretty rough. I, when I was a kid, I was always getting into fights. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. So stupid. Oh, yeah. Me too, man. My, my dad and his biker friends and all that fucking mm-hmm. kind of culture. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Me too. I was gonna say, so you it seems to me that you left home at a young age and traveled. Yeah. Like how, how old were you when you started doing like train hopping and stuff? Well, um I started train hopping around let's see, it was ninety six, I think. Ninety six, yeah. I was um I was actually living under a bridge in, in uh, California, in San Jose, California, actually Campbell, California. And uh, I was basically just drinking myself to death, dude. I was like, just wake up with the DTs shaking, you know, like oh, leaving wow. Las Vegas kind of kind of shit. And just, yeah, that's it. Like hallucinating. It was bad. And oh, uh, wow. yeah. And the only time I'd really come out is when Pat would come and like, he would basically drag me out of there and take me somewhere, you know, and uh, we had a friend named Pete who who jumped trains, and he fucking um, we were going to a party actually to because uh, Pat went to Chico, and we, he went to Chico State, and we were going to a party at Chico State. It was a total accident. And I'm I'm in the back seat with uh, with Pete and this guy named Lou who lived down the the uh, bridge from me, and he was a total fucking annoying crackhead dude, man. Like oh, got on my nerves, dude. <laughs> And he's in the car with me and he's playing slug bug with me. He's like, you know, every time you see a Volkswagen bug, he's slugging me, slug bug. Oh, yeah. You know, and like, I'm just like going out of my mind, like ready to kill oh, him. Like right. I'm punching him now. And so we get to the train tracks, long story short, and uh, Pat, Pete gets out to get on the train to go up the train yard. And I'm like, I'm going with you. I don't care where you're going. And he's like, okay. And that was my first train hopping. I just, I got on the train with them and I was, fuck it, it just, it was awesome, dude. I loved it. It was so oh, fucking great. Yeah, dude. And then from then on, for the next two years or so, I hopped trains 
and then we got pregnant me and my me and my daughter's uh mother and um then i would like pop trains every now and then you know what i mean it was i was just hooked yeah you know? yeah yeah so i was probably like uh 25 when i first hopped, start hopping trains okay mm -hmm. but you you were just not doing well at all mm -mm. at that time and you just needed mm -hmm. something yeah. oh yeah yeah i saved my life man in a lot of ways well it must have been liberating to be able to go other places Oh fuck! Instead yeah, of just being dude. under the fucking bridge, and exactly. It was like my to death. Yeah, dude. My whole my whole world opened up. You know what I mean? It was mm -hmm. like it was like wow. There's like so much more than just my little like world. You know? Right. And I, right. I actually stopped drinking so much. I mean, that was like when I when I I mean I really did. Like it, it was like a, an instant elixir. You know? Wow. It just it like cured me in a lot of ways. And I mean, wow. I would still drink and I would still party, but. Yeah. I was, I was, um, I wasn't unhappy anymore. I was fucking full of joy, you know? You wanted so to be alive. Yeah, exactly. Yep. It's funny yep. how that happens. I definitely get in a low, low, low state and then something great happens and I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm glad I'm still alive for this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's funny like that. Yeah. It really is, dude. You never know where it's coming from, man. Some people are just so dismal all the time and i'm like it's gonna come back around if yep. it just won't stay bad forever no matter how bad it is like mm -hmm. i'm not a preacher or something of any sorts but that's just life and then it's gonna yeah. go shitty again no matter how good it is exactly that's, it goes. <laughs> that's it it's just, it's like uh i read this quote by uh charlie chaplin today and it said nothing is permanent not even trouble you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Fuck, That's a good one. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's, it's like I need to be. I need those little like one-liners right now. You know, especially from people like that. Like I love Charlie Chaplin. You know, like so when I hear them say shit like that, it's like yes, like this will pass. Everything passes, dude. You know. Right. Right. So, we you know a funny thing about Charlie Chaplin, and again, it's like people let let themselves be stopped by obstacles, but Charlie mm -hmm. Chaplin was actually allergic to film. Oh, really? Itself. So he Holy had to wear shit. gloves to handle it, but his wow. hands would break out in a rash. Oh, Because he, he edited all his own stuff for the yeah. most part, I think. Wow. But yeah, he, he would at first just be his skin all fucked up, scratching himself, but still kept going with the film. He was Dude. obviously obsessive. <laughs> yeah, no shit, man. That's that's pretty awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like greats of all time, I think. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of people consider him like the first comedian, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yep. yep. I was thinking about him not too long ago because uh, his tramp character was such a great character for the everyman. It's like mm -hmm. everybody feels down and out. Everybody feels um, excluded at times. And, just maybe trying to get that girl or get a uh, couple of cents in your pocket. And yep. I mean, it's just, it was brilliant in a universal way. I don't know how much thought or uh, he seemed like a very smart man. So yeah, that's exactly but what I, I was going to say. Do yeah. universal. It's a very universal theme. That whole tramp thing. Right. I hear yeah. a lot of comedians talk about it. Actually. He's, I mean, he's still relevant. It's crazy. I know. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's one that's going to go, you know, forever man they'll be talking about charlie chaplin right you know i saw this thing where uh, they showed one of his movies to a bunch of kids in africa mm -hmm. and they all laughed their ass off oh shit they all already crushed it still oh it, man i bet weren't, like used to that kind of culture yeah yeah the fact that it's um uh, especially when he did the silent movies mm -hmm. like yep. you don't even have to relate to it's just funny yeah obvious like yeah. hopelessness you know mm -hmm. i mean 
Yeah. You know, falling down. You know what I mean? We all fall right. down, man. You know? Right. That's why I like slapstick. Like it's like him and all the slapstick movies. Like just just the thought of slapstick can get me through the day sometimes because I am such a fucking klutz, dude. Like I don't know how many <laughs> how many minutes a day I spend cleaning up like dropped coffee or like water or I mean you know, I've come to the point where I'm very careful. Like I got this water, and the reason why you always see this is because I won't have a cup of water around my laptop. You know? Oh, right. Good idea. And then I, I, I go back to drink it because I, I fucking ruined computers <laughs> doing that, you know? Oh, well. Well, it's good to know that that's a problem for you and you. Uh, yeah, exactly. You, you make big adjustments. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, you know, seeing these slapstick guys, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, my team. Right. Well, we live in a society where we're supposed to be perfect and we're exactly. far from it. So. Oh, big time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it always amazes me when someone gets mad about yeah, even like a spilled drink or like you know I, I work at a bar, so I'm constantly wiping up spill. I don't even, it doesn't even phase me. It doesn't mm -hmm. even matter if the person's an asshole. It's like yeah, another drink spilled. I got the towel. It's all good. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, that's good, <laughs> I've man. Spilled drinks at bars. I I actually had a week at the bar by my house where I don't know what it was, but this one bartender, whenever he was working, full drink just gone i'd be like i was definitely getting way too fucked up but mm -hmm. it, it was just one of those weeks <laughs> yeah. i'm like i yeah. swear i'm never like this like yeah 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 i <laughs> wish i would have caused a fight or something and made a yeah. big fucking ass every day yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yep. oh shit so, so then uh, i'm guessing with you talking about you know living under a bridge and the train hopping you had a pretty rough childhood yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny because um, I didn't really know because that, you know how that's all you know when you're a kid, but, but you know, late, later on in life, people start saying like, oh, they say words like trauma and shit like that. And it's like, oh, like you didn't have this when you were a kid, you know? So yeah, like um, there was, there was a lot of violence when I was a kid, you know, that's just what I grew up with. Like I, I lived in a rough, you know, part of town and and i had a stepdad who was a fucking asshole you know like oh, but God. i mean it, it's funny because i actually love the guy you know like he's he's really mellowed out in his older age but when i was a kid man he was a he was something else you know he was uh he was he was fucked up so yeah there was there was a lot of uh smacking around and verbal abuse oh, and yeah just 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 fucking mean shit you know growing up and, and i just took to it you know i got into a lot of fights and and yeah, there's a lot of lot of violence when I was a kid, a lot of trauma, you know. Yeah, it, it is interesting because I, I had a rough childhood, and uh, I used to kind of like not want to be dramatic, quote unquote, dramatic about it. Yeah. But then it's like I, I'm actually in the last year or two, I've realized how fucking bad it really was, and just yeah. have to face that. And, right. But yeah, I haven't yeah. talked to my family in 20 years. So. Oh shit. And I don't wow. regret it ever. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good, man. Yeah, yeah. You know? It, the I only mean, bummer about it is, like, not having a family. Mm -hmm. You know, I have family as in friends. And yeah. My friends, uh, mom and dad and all that kind of shit. But uh, mm. we don't actually have a blood family. Yeah. Like, you know, technically, but not uh, that you talk to. It's it's kind of a mind fuck. And like, I, sometimes I see people like going down that path and I kind of hope they don't. Cause I don't want them to deal with what I deal with, but I, I yeah. feel like my, 
my brain works in a way where I can I can deal with it, but these other mm. people who are just way, way, way too dark and emotional to even yeah. go there. Yeah, 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 but yeah. I, I find it um, strange when people into adulthood let still let their mom or, or their family rule over them. It's like yeah, you yeah. don't have to put up with that. It might no, you might you need to cut the cord or you know, I, I gave my family um, a lot of warning mm-hmm. before it finally happened and they still got worse and worse. So wow. <laughs> Well, good for you, dude. Seriously, man. I mean, like, yeah. how how long ago was it? How long did you say it was since you talked to your family? Um, it's probably been, I think, ninety eight. Oh shit, man! That's a while. Yeah. So like wow. twenty five years, something like that. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I mean, like I, you know, I, you you can't you can't let that shit go on. You know, they you you warn them and they fucking keep acting like assholes. Yeah. You know, I mean. I totally get I felt it. I like as I got older, they got more controlling. Yeah. And I think it's because I didn't live at home anymore. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it was like every move I made, they were like saying I shouldn't have done this and I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Just insane stuff. Like one of the last times I talked to my dad on the phone, I bought like a pillow. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, where'd you buy that at? And I'm like, such and such. He's like, oh, we should have bought it over here. It's like cheaper. And I'm like, dude, it's a pillow. And, and like. <laughs> That might seem that's not like why I stopped talking to them, but no, I know what you mean. Example of the drama and like, yeah, I remember smashing the phone against the wall after that pull because it just built into this other fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you and I are similar in that in that vein. I mean, my dad didn't like get physical too often or anything like that, but the mental, I got mm-hmm. a lot of crazy mental shit, and, and yeah, I have more anxiety than people probably think I have. So me too, dude. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny that you meant you mentioned the mental because, like, to me, that's worse than the physical. You know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, like my brother, my big brother, like he he he's kicked my ass worse than anybody ever, and I've gotten into a lot of fights. I'm not proud of it, you know, but he yeah. he has kicked my ass like like worse than anybody ever, and I love the guy. I, I love him. I mean, yeah, he makes yeah. me, he still makes me flinch sometimes. You know, like <laughs> right. we haven't we haven't gotten into a fight for probably 20 years, but just right. all the, all the memories of that, you know, and, <clears throat> but he was never, he was never dishonest about me. He was always upfront about everything, you know, and, and cool. I appreciate that, you know, but I, like I said, I still have like muscle flinching, you know, right, my, right. my stepdad was more like, um, you know, uh, verbal and like a mind, like he said, like mind fuck, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that shit, that, that shit to me is, is way more damaging than the physical, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been looking it up a little bit, um, but I realized my dad was a full narcissist in mm. a very clinical sense and just mm-hmm. gaslighting. And there's all kinds of ways it works. And, and yeah, like my mom didn't really do anything to stop it. And then, like, yeah. when they had my sister, uh, my sister and I are 10 years apart. And then okay. they, like, tried to, they poisoned her mind against me, which is yeah. cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's a whole other pattern of narcissism. of Choosing one sibling over another. Oh, yeah. Stuff like that. So, Taking sides. Like, yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. not even, not only just taking sides, though, but actually pitting my sister against me at a young age and sort of poisoning her mind. And like, mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's just, um, it's funny wow. how all the dynamics of, of ugliness in the family can, yeah. can work. But, but I will say was, um, when I looked that stuff up, they'll be like here's answer these 10 questions 
and I almost answer all 10 like, yes, this is what happened to me. And I never mm. really went that deep with it before. And I didn't want to be sort of like a whiny person that's like, oh, poor me. But I'm like, yeah. this is some shit I have to face and look at yeah. if I want to evolve as a person. You know, Totally, dude. Yeah, totally, man. But I think like researching it and um, acknowledging it, acknowledging it, it uh, it's chilled me out. It's made me, it's made me happier, more accepting yeah. of other people. And, exactly. And I, I've just met so many uh, new people over uh, the past year. And uh, so, and it's such a public way, which is, is actually, I love performing in front of people, but actually interacting like that is like not really my thing, but mm -hmm. um, I, I've just been a lot better about new, just talking to people and like trying to present myself in a more positive way and like yeah. engaging people more. But like mm -hmm. when you grow up in that fucked up way, it's like, and you, you keep, going through life and feeling rejected or like being singled out as the weird one, you start mm. to get, put these walls up. So yep. try not to do that as much and it's not easy, but it's, it's way better than being closed off. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's just like, come as you are, you know what I mean? Right. Right. And it's funny, like everything you've said, man, like the language you're using, like it just makes me think of like how, how we were brought up, you know, it's like, like, cause I, I'm the same way. Like, it's like, there's a part of me that feels like, oh, you know, I'm being a prima donna, you know, I'm fucking whining, like, but that's bullshit, dude. Like, I'm not, I'm yeah. not like blaming my dad, my stepdad, he's, he's my dad, technically. I'm not blaming my brother. I'm just saying, this is what fucking happened. Yeah, and, yeah. And exactly. this is, this is what I'm going through. And I don't have to fucking hang out with you people. Like, cause I, I don't hang out with my brother. I love my brother, like I said, but we don't go fishing. I don't fish, you know, like. But even if I did, like we we see each other on the holidays, you know, and, and, and my stepdad, like, see, the funny thing was with me is that my mom is like a saint. Like she's like one of the most like kindest, like, n you know, non-malicious people I've ever met, you know, and, and she's always been good to me. Never hit me, nothing. So it's weird. It's like I got like the saint over here and then I got this fucking total monster growing up, you know, and <laughs> right, right. yeah, so I come around for her and my sister. And I have a huge gotcha. family, you know, I'm half Mexican. I have a huge family. So, but they're the ones that I, I really just, just my mom, my sister and my sister's kids. Like, those are like the ones I come to see and like everybody else, I kind of grin and bear it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, yeah, like I was trying to make a point about just fuck that, that whole conditioning of like, you know, uh, you know, don't be a little pussy. Don't be this or that. Like, this is what right. happened to us. And it's okay for us to fucking talk about it, to work it out and, our art or work it out right. like in a conversation it's totally fine you know what i mean sure. like those right. things are there man shine a light on them you know right right but it's hard it's hard for me too sometimes man well yeah i think you know it's one of those things if you keep it locked away it's just going to eat you alive yeah exactly and it's you're, you're going to come out in other ways that aren't mm -hmm. pleasant <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. back I've to kinda, all those Back to all those things we were saying about my drinking, you know, like that was me, like just drowning it out, you know, through drugs and alcohol. Like I, you know, I still, I still dabble a little bit, but it's nothing like before, nothing like before, you you're, know. You're not out to just raising it super fucked up all the time. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Yeah, I vote, like, I, it's hard to say because, like, because of your psychology, but like, um, I've never really drank or did drugs to like, 
hide pain, but perhaps yeah. so that I have been, but I mm -hmm. do it to really just enjoy myself and stimulate my mind. Yeah, dude. I, I think, I don't know how, uh, I think writing is maybe the more, maybe that's the more of the self-medicating, but I guess if it's gotta be something that's not bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you say writing? Writing. Yeah. Oh like, yeah, it's dude. Been the most, uh, more self-medicating yeah. than drinking or any kind of. Mm -hmm. drug use or whatever yeah. So. yeah you know you just you just reminded me of another quote that I, i'm full of quotes man um oh great lay them on me yeah. bukowski, <laughs> and, and i'm gonna butcher this one too a little bit but um bukowski just i saw a little quote from him i think it was yesterday and he said if you take if you take the writing away from a writer then he ends up with the sickness that drove him to write in the first place oh yeah Woo! Like, you lose what individualism you have. If you have enough, of course, you retain some of it. But most don't have enough, so you become watchers of game shows, you know, and things like that. Yeah, I, Bukowski's got oh, some good ones, man. Oh, dude. Like, I call, I call him Papa Book because, like, you know, I've, re I've read other people, but when I, when I discovered that man, like, uh, probably, like, 93 or so, like he saved my life in a lot of ways. He also got me drinking a lot more too, you know, but. Oh, Bukowski like, will make you drink. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Like he just, it, it's basically like green light, you know, like, oh yeah, it right. is a good thing to drink. You know what I mean? But <laughs> he, he, I felt like, like he was the first real writer where it was like, oh yes. Like I totally could relate to this guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He didn't have the guilt of it though. I think exactly. it's like, of course, people shouldn't just be like, oh, it's cool to drink and be a crazy drunk ass, but like, mm -hmm. enjoy yourself. I think that's exactly. what his main message was. Just yep. enjoy yourself. He's got that other quote where he's like, uh, I drink I drink when nothing is happening. No, I drink when something is happening. Mm -hmm. And if nothing's happening, I drink to make something happen. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of true in a way. Like I know that one. Yeah, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But I do know people that kind of fully followed Bukowski and just, they're like wasteoids because they're not oh, yeah. writing. They're just smoking a shitload of cigarettes, drinking a bunch and just living yep. that lifestyle. But it's like, that's not really what you're, you should take away from that writing, I think. Exactly. No, totally, dude. Like, it's funny that you mentioned that because one of my favorite stories of his is um, he's talking about, I think it's called My Friends or something like that. And he, he basically says what you just said. He's like, you know, a lot of people think that I just love to hang out with these crazy fucking drunks and like writers and stuff. And he's like, no, he's like, there's some of the most annoying people I've ever met. You know, and he's, like, <laughs> he's like, my three, my three favorite friends. And he, he names his three favorite friends. And like, I, I, can, I can only remember one. And it's probably because I can relate to this guy. But he talks about this guy who hops trains. And he fucking, and this is way before I hopped trains when I read this, but he's like, he hops trains and he hitchhikes across the country and he comes and he just like, he's like full of energy. And he's like, and I'm sitting on the couch, just tired at, by watching this guy's energy, like in front of me going back and forth being like, come on, old man, come on, get up off that couch. Come on, come, come jump a train with me. Come hitchhike. And he's like, no, nah, man, just <laughs> tell me a story. And he's like, and the guy tells me the most beautiful stories about the things he's seen and, and the woman he's fucked and this fight he got into. <laughs> and just like, you know, the beautiful like mountain he saw in the Rocky Mountains on a train. And he's like, that's my friend, you know? And it's like, yeah, it's like, he, he's not trying to say, be like me. He's saying, right. be like you. And like, like be unapologetic about being like you, you know? Exactly. 
Like, yeah. that's what I got from him, you know? Right. Because I don't agree with everything Bukowski says. I mean, there's no, a lot it's I like don't. like any writer. You don't have exactly. to. Exactly. Or like anybody, right? You know? But I you, think you, that, you uh, see that truth yeah. shining through, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he has such a bad rap, and he doesn't deserve it. Um, totally. I think it's easy to point out the more negative things, maybe oh, towards yeah. women. Oh, yeah. But the, the reality in real life, he wasn't as hardcore. He, he says it in his writing. He goes, mm-hmm. women are like, you make yourself out to be such a son of a bitch, but you're actually a marshmallow. Yeah, totally. Like he loved women beyond oh, yeah. anything. Like, yep, exactly. But, but I like yep. what we were saying before where he was like, it's okay to just do your own, like, just be alone if you don't like. It's okay to not like people. There's no rule yep. that says you have to hang out with people exactly. that you don't want around. And I yep. agree. I, I, I'm, I'm learning how to keep my, my circle tight yeah. and uh, – close and let the right people in and, and, and that's it. And if someone else comes along, that's cool. If yep. not, that's cool too. Like, exactly. but I always considered him kind of a holy man, like sort mm-hmm. of a, a spiritual yeah. writer, but, but he's not writing like, like sitting on the mountain in the Zenful home mm-hmm. meditation. He's like, sit in the bar with a beard, some friends yeah. and meditate that way, which is way more realistic, you know? Yeah, exactly. Kind of yep. taking the hippie aspect out of it or whatever, but yeah. just real life, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And he, he was against writing all fancy. Mm-hmm. Just he get to it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I guess my final like yeah. My my final argument with people that want to talk, especially other writers, like you know, okay, you don't like it or whatever, but like he's got a huge section at any bookstore, any library, and you don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what does that tell you? Fucking book should be translated into how many crazy fucking languages, and yours yours hasn't. So exactly, you might yep. want to take a look at that.
Yeah, that's that that I mean, I agree with you 150% on that, dude, you know. And he has this uh, great thing that he says to this reporter. Um this reporter asked him, he said, uh, "So what is your advice on writing? Like how does how does one write?" And because he says one writes. <laughs> you know, that's right, it. right. Yeah. You, fucking, you just write. That's it, man. Like it's no big long fucking uh, uh, answer. It's just you write, man. That's how you become a writer, you know. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah. It's so true because I mean, in my experience because like writing this fucking novel, dude, like I've been writing this thing if I if I'm totally honest with myself for the last four fucking years and like I've noticed that when I write other things, you know, because I'm always writing. I always have a notebook in my back pocket and like I'm always with a pen and I noticed that it 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 makes my other writings better, you know? Like it's, 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 you know, you know how when you write, like you look at a lot of it and you're like, oh my, this is just shit. I'm never going to show this to anybody. But then sure. other stuff you're like, oh, this is, this is like flowing out of me. Like I get more of that now that I've been writing this novel for four years. You know, it's just oh, like absolutely. anything, you know, it's like, it's like practice, yeah. you know, it hones right, right. me, you know? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I really got serious about it, I was doing uh, short stories and I would kind of do the Bukowski thing. I'd get off my shitty job working graveyard shifts, and I'd go home and write all morning until it's time yeah. to go to bed. And it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah dude. Now it's totally. a little different, but uh, but yeah, those those days were good, and I was hungry. Like mm -hmm. uh, I'm still hungry, but I was hungry to find my form. Yeah. And that's totally. really what I was doing, even though I didn't even know what I was doing. Yeah. But I don't know what it's like for you, but um. And I first started really getting serious, like, like my friends were like, you're fucking good at this because <laughs> uh -huh. uh, I had written a, no a couple novels just in a notebook. And mm -hmm. then uh, I really got into short stories, especially ones from like 60s and 70s where they have like the dark twists at the end or sci fi stories. And I was yeah. like, I can do this. I might yeah. be able to do this better. Yeah. And, uh, just started doing it. And then. Um, just, just being hungry, but um, but one thing I went through is someone who didn't go to college. You're like, you have this idea in your head of like, oh, you think you can fucking write? Like mm -hmm. anybody thinks they can write, but of course, of course not. Yeah. But um, I had all these doubts, all these like 
sort of fake like uh, like facades of people in nipping at my ear, going, "You can't." Even as I'm typing, like, "You can't do this." Oh yeah, you're not oh, yeah. good. That yep. sentence isn't good enough. And it was yeah. this whole weird psychological thing mm-hmm. that's not even like shouldn't even happen. But I I think it happens to like like good writers like yeah. so, like some of the best people that i that i've read like historical people mm-hmm. i it seems like they've all went through that doubt and then yep. it's about breaking through that wall mm-hmm. and getting through all that shit mm-hmm. and, until hopefully you can create some work that you get a positive response and yep. then you finally yep. are like kill those voices yeah it strengthens you and then you evolve in yeah. your fucking mind yeah. Totally. Dude. I, with that said, I do think everybody should write. Uh-huh. I think it's the best fucking thing. Oh yeah. But I don't think every anyone everyone should necessarily share what they write. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, but I yep. think mailman, your grandpa, whoever should have a little journal and yes. get it, just getting it out. Like, yeah. It doesn't have to be good. Yep. I agree, yeah. man. I totally agree. Um, I, I again, I'll tell you, I'm gonna quote all over this thing. Um. The other day, fucking, I saw Henry Rollins fucking recently, old man now, he was saying, you know, his advice to anybody on the planet is what you just said. He said, have a little journal. And he's like, just write your thoughts. And he's like, and don't worry about showing anybody. He's like, you don't have to show anybody. He's like, I don't show people 80% of my stuff. You know, he's like, just write. And he's like, it's so cathartic, you know? And I'm like, yeah, Henry, man, that's cool. You know? And it was, it's just, it, yeah, it's, it's such a um, cathartic thing. It saves my fucking life, man. It really does. Like, like I told you, I've been in a, in a dark space lately and I can attribute a whole shitload of it to just not writing, you know? And right. I always wonder, I always wonder why I do that to myself. It's like, what the fuck? Why do I like, cause when I, when I write, man, it's never bad. I mean, sometimes it's not great and bells ringing, but it's never bad, you know? And sometimes right. it right. is bells ringing and fucking trumpets blasting and i'm like yeah i'm high dude but like <laughs> it's never bad so it's like why would i not do something that is is always a positive even if it's not like grandiose it's just it's good enough why wouldn't i why would i stop for like a day you know like it's just right, it's, right. it baffles me that i do that you know it, it's almost like someone that's obsessed with going to the gym yeah if they miss a couple of days they start to yeah. get a little weird Exactly. I think writing for, for people that, that like to write, I think that's, or even people that like to draw, I think is more similar. If they don't totally. draw, they fucking lose their shit. Yeah. But yeah. I, I talked to Mike G about it several times of like, mm-hmm. all hell could be breaking loose, broke, can't find a job, girlfriend mm-hmm. broke up with me, whatever's going on. And then I just sit down and start typing away and it all dissolves. It all yes. doesn't matter. It really like does. If I man. got pen and paper or a computer or whatever, I can sit and just yep. write it out. That that's yep. the true essence of my life, and that's what yep. I was put here to do. You know, exactly. So um, with me, I got I came into writing accidentally. Uh-huh. It's all been an accident, even the outlaw thing. But for for you, what what made you start, and then what what made you want to share your stuff? Oh man, that that actually is a is a story that I'm really I'm really proud of. Um, so when I was when I was in uh, high school, I was in uh, I think I was in 10th grade, I think. And um, I had this teacher. Actually, I'm thinking about um, dedicating the book to her, actually. Um, it almost made me cry when I thought of that, too. I was like, that that's fucking sweet, man. Like, so anyways, her name was Miss Lugo. I still remember her name. And 
I don't even know, honestly, like I must've been writing before this, but I don't, I don't remember writing before this, like this is the day. So I'm in class and she tells the whole class, she says, I want you guys to, to write um, a, a full page paper and I want you to write whatever you want to write about. She says, I won't show your parents. You can show your parents if you want to. You can use cuss words. You can say anything you want, right? And and I was like, oh fuck, right? So I just picked up my pen and I just filled that fucking paper, dude. And I back in front. And then she says to me, she goes, uh, Cliff, I want to talk to you after class. I'm like, oh, here we go, right? The whole class leaves. She takes me over there. I'm like 14, 15 years old, and she says, you know, you have a gift, right? And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, dude. And she's like, you, you are brilliant. Your writing is wow. wow. You know, amazing. Oh, wow. You know, yeah. And then, and then so she said, great. I know. And, and, and I'm just like getting all, you know, filled up, like, you know, with yeah, like yeah. emotion and like, like uh, right, positivity. Right. And, you know, and she's like, the only thing I'm worried about is, um, you know, you talk about drug use, you know, cause I was doing a lot of acid and drinking at the time, you know, and, She's like, you talk about uh, your drug use and you talk about suicide. And she's like, do I have to worry about you? And I'm like, no, I don't think so. I mean, I wasn't sure back then, but I was like, I don't think so. And she's like, well, you can talk to me anytime. And basically that woman, she lit a fire under my ass, dude. And since that day, that's when I started writing, you know? Oh, and, and wow. I mean, and I'm mad, I, I wonder sometimes, I'm like, what if she would have never talked to me? Maybe I would have found it another way. Maybe I wouldn't have. I don't know. But I think it's very important to uh, to push people, you know, in what they're doing, whatever they're doing. Like, hey, man, you know, that's what you love. Fuck yeah, you know, right. do it, do it. You know, that's right. what she did. Simple as that. That's what she did that day. So that that's that's when it started. Well, that's what teachers are supposed to do, right? <laughs> totally, dude. Yep. Totally. I feel like all good artists kind of, you know, it's amazing that people that like, like, like the way I grew up there, there wasn't art. There was hardly any books in the house. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you just have that one, maybe that one teacher that you do something and then they're like, Hey, I need to tell you, you're yeah. fucking good at this. Yeah. You need to pursue this. Yeah. And then you're just off to the races. Cause you're like, well, I fucking, most writers aren't good at much else. And yeah. then you're like, oh, I can, I can actually do this and make it my own. Yeah. I can even get laid from it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like who else can do that? You know, exactly, like you're in a band man. or something like, but yeah. it's one thing to get laid being in a band. It's another thing to get laid from writing. That's a, that, not many people can do that. Hey man. That, way. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's actually amazing. If you think about <laughs> it, because all it is, is like, you're just putting words down. You're putting letters down. You're putting ideas down on a piece of paper. And then you get some beautiful girl to fucking have sex with you. Like, whoa, dude. Like, <laughs> I must, I must have something. You before. Yeah, right. exactly. I must have something, you know? You know, and that, that's funny because you remind me of another story that, I, that I'm, I'm proud of. And it's another moment when I was like, I must, I'm, you know, because I, I, I suffer from, well, I'm not going to say suffer. I'm going to say enjoy. I enjoy abouts of self-doubt and low self-esteem because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at the point in my life where I'm like, I enjoy everything, even, even when it seems like I'm not enjoying it because I'm still fucking here. So I must be enjoying it, you know? So anyways, that being said, there was, there was a girl named Melissa, the Pat knows her too, beautiful girl. And, um, she would not give me the time of day, dude. This is, uh, <laughs> this is, this is around, 
around the train hopping area a little bit before and after she was friends of all of us and she would not give me the time of day and i was everybody was hitting on her all the time dude and she was just with me especially like you're an ape get away from me you're a fucking you're you're a moron you're an idiot you know just like i stank to her right and so i ended up in montana that's a whole other story um having this kid otter my kid and um I would send, I was going crazy up there in Montana. I was working at a bar and I would just walk down to the bar, live in the middle of the woods. I'd work at the bar, I'd go home, take care of my kid and I would write. And I would send my writing to, it was called the compound and it's where Pat, Ian, Pete, all these people, all these crazy fuckers lived. And I would just type on a, on an old typewriter, I just type shit and I would send it to them. I'd send it to them, right? And I didn't even, I didn't even know if they would like it or not, but we, we did that with each other. So um, Pat tells me one day, he's like, hey, Melissa's been peeking over my shoulder reading your stuff. And I'm like, really? I'm, she's going to hate me even more now. And, and she, he's like, no, dude, she's, she's been liking it. She wants to know if she can send you a letter. So I'm like, okay. So I shit you not, Ray. I get a fucking letter. I get a letter, dude, like a couple weeks later. And it's got this like little, I always remember this, like little purple handwriting, like, you know, all beautiful looking. And it smelled good, you know? I'm like, All right. Shit, dude. And I'm like, <laughs> I open it up and she says, um, I, I, I was I was this again, like my low self-esteem just went skyrocketing because she's like, Your words touched me. Like your words were so beautiful, they were so real, blah, 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 blah. And long story short, again, the next time I came to Portland, her and I were were a thing. You know, wow. <laughs> only because of your fucking writing, exactly, <laughs> I mean, at least yeah. the spark of it, right? Yeah, exactly. That's you amazing. Know? That's that's what that's what got it. And I I would I would fuck with her too. I'd be like, you used to call me an ape, you know? She's like, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty extreme uh, transition, <laughs> right? Exactly. She's like, you're still a fucking ape, dude, but you could write. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, you're in my jungle now, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Well, I remember, so um, I'll give my mom a lot of credit on this. So okay. she would take me, this is what kind of ha- got me into reading for sure. And then writing, mm-hmm. which I didn't know was going to come down the line. But um, my mom took me to the library once a week. Yeah. And she said, you can pick out any book that you want. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like maybe 12. And mm-hmm. I op- I looked at the poetry section for some reason because I was just, like curious because mm-hmm. I didn't know anything. Like no one in my family or school or anything had anything to do with poetry. Yeah. And I opened some random book from like the 1800s. I don't yeah. know who it was. Probably yeah. someone famous. <clears throat> but it basically said, if you're not writing to get laid, then what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> in the 1800s kind of. Wow. And I, I literally was like 12 and opened this book. And that's what I saw. The first wow. thing I saw. And wow. I was like, this guy is on to something. Yeah. I'm saying, like, if you're not out to get laid, then like, why are you? Why are you doing it? And I'm yeah. like, that's pretty funny. I mean, that's that, awesome. obviously we write for many, many reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, it is so sort of the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a bonus, man. But yeah, I, I would go there and I would get books that that I couldn't actually read, like yeah. with big words, just to. I don't even know why. It's just to challenge myself and, and yep. learn. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Yep. Yeah. I remember that. I remember reading fucking uh, Nietzsche and all that shit, you know, and like. Right, right. I mean, I, I was always, I always had a thesaurus right next to me. You know what I mean? 
because I, yeah, I couldn't, yeah. I didn't know what the fuck, you know, a certain word meant. You know what I mean? Of course, so, yeah. Yeah. Now, that's another reason why I love Bukowski, because he, he didn't he didn't have me always running to the dictionary or the fucking thesaurus all sure. the time. You know? It's important, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And, and yeah, I think that's why he, that was his thing. That's why he um, registers so much with the, the common man. It's like, yeah. can anybody, like bikers would read his stuff. Yeah, exactly. All, all yep. walks of life. Exactly. Yeah. And then that's funny that you say that too, because that's when I started realizing that, again, you know, I need a lot of reminders that why I'm like, why I should share this. Let's put it that way, because I'm going to, and I think you're probably the same way. Like I'm going to write it, whether or not I ever like show anybody, I'm going to write, you know, but yeah. um, another, another example of, of like why I started wanting to share it is because, you know, everybody from like, you know, rich people to like people in prison to like a normal person, everybody I would read something to would, would like, they would be into it. So I was like, Oh shit. Like this is uh this is something, you know? And, and yeah. yeah, you know, from, from Yale to jail, as they say, you know? Oh, right. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, I had, I had fucking uh, like, like straight up scary fucking like gangster dudes in prison. And, um, I, I would just start telling them stories off the top of my head about train hopping and like whatever. And they would be like little kids like this on their bunk. Like, dude, yo, 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 tell me another story, yo. And I would just, and that, that's how I like got through those days. A lot of times, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, who doesn't love a great story? Exactly. That's what I always say, dude. Yep. Yep. My sister what told me the other day, she was like, um, you know, she, she said something beautiful about how back in the day, you know, that's that that was a very important thing in the tribe. They would have the fire and they would have a guy fucking telling stories, you know, before right, TV right. and radio and all that of books. This this person, man, woman, whatever, would be telling stories. And yeah, it's important. Man. A good story is very important. It, it's in our DNA. Yeah, totally. Yep. Yep. So I love a good story. Were you in uh were you in jail or prison or what? Both, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yep. And if you don't mind me asking, like how long were you in there for? Well, uh, I used to go, you know, because I was drinking all the time. I used to go a lot for um at least like once every other month. I'd go for a night or like two weeks or a month and um for drunk, you know, being drunk, fighting, drunk in public. Gotcha. Uh, petty theft, shit like that. But then I, I, I went to the big time. Um, like uh, in 2008, I was, uh, I was, I was shooting fucking coke and and okay. just for like three days straight, man, just out of my mind. And I actually like, like they call it cocaine psychosis. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, I thought like everything and everybody was out to get me. And I, oh, I yeah, coke for like, sure, yeah. No fucking joke. Oh my joke. god, it sounds oh. terrible. Yeah, and and I, I basically uh, hurt somebody, a friend of mine too, and he didn't even press charges, man. Like, um, I, I fucking hit him, and I opened up his head. Fucking, oh, I, shit. Uh, it took me years to get over this. He had to get yeah. staples, and and when he went to court, he said, um, you know, that I should go to a, a like a rehab, like a, I need help, you know. He said, don't put him in prison, and they ended up giving me basically four years. So. Oh wow. Yeah, so I, like I aggravated did, assault kind of that, thing. That, that's exactly what it was. Okay. Yep. 
Yeah. And and the thing was, you know, they they had um, they had me on a work release program to where I could I only had to serve like two months and then I could do work release. But I, I wasn't ready, man. As soon as they they had me in a rehab and the doors were open, I was I was gone. Right. So they would, they would catch me. They put me back in for a year, and then they would say, "All right, we're gonna give you another chance." And basically, that happened around three times to where like I would just go right back to prison, and I just ended up doing my whole four years on the installment. Oh shit! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so they're even trying to help you. Well, I mean, so they, like, this guy isn't a threat. He's just fucked up yeah. on drugs. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they, and that's why they were they were like, "We'll give you the option of rehab." You know what I mean? But, yeah. but, but the funny thing is, again, how, how life is funny. You were saying earlier, like, you know, prison, what, what prison did for my writing was um, it, I would never want to go back. But, you know, sure. I, it, it really got me to uh, hone and like, um, you know, get in my cell and fucking be like, well, what else am I going to do? Like, I'm not going to, you know, hang out with all these motherfuckers because there's a lot of scary motherfuckers in there. And so I would just be in my cell working out, reading or writing. You know, and and I think that that's that's you know is 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 the reason why I can have the patience to sit down and write this fucking novel. You know what I mean? Because yeah. before before prison, like I, I maybe could write a short story, maybe like a two pager. But after prison, like you know, I'm on page three hundred ish. You know, on my book. You know, so yeah, yeah. It it that was the good that was the good part of it. So it's funny how life works like that. You know. It was almost like a necessary part of your path. Right. And it yeah. probably made you, you were like, I got nothing else to do. So it kind of disciplined you. Exactly. And yep. carry through luckily. Yeah. In a lot of ways, man. Yeah. So would, um, would you read your stuff to the other inmates or would they read, read <laughs> that's it? Funny, dude. Yeah. That's funny that you mentioned that, man, because so I did this thing when I was locked up. Um, <clears throat> I, I had a name for it, but I can't remember what it was. But basically, I, I, I started talking to a couple people in there, and they were writer. They were writing too, and there was a couple rappers, you know. And um, I, I told them one day, I said, "Hey, you guys, like, come up to my cell and let's let's have readings in my cell." Oh, so wow. yeah, it started. It was awesome, dude. It started like just three of us. And like these guys would like get up and they start rhyming. And like this one guy was fucking good, dude. Like he was, he was a beast. He was up there just telling <laughs> stories, you know? And then another guy, he was good. And then there was, then, then all of a sudden I look around and there's like fucking nine people in my cell, dude. And everybody's listening and or reading their shit or rapping or, and some of them were horrible. Like you said, some people shouldn't share their shit, you know? Sure, yeah. But like, but there That's was the a perfect environment to do it. Exactly. Get like, it out, like, get yeah. it out, get it out, man. Right, and, right. you know, we, we would have like, um, sometimes the, the correctional officer, the, the cop on the block would come up to the cell and look in and be like, what, what's going on in here, you guys? And you guys are reading <laughs> poetry to each other? Yeah, it's like the best possible thing it could be. <laughs> <laughs> totally dude so yeah yeah I, it was like i had to do it even in there and then you know what's funny about all that is like like you guys are the first um this is the reason why i traveled to portland is because you guys were the first like safe space when i you know to go read my stuff and i don't know why but i was more terrified because i went to a couple other open mics before i tried you guys online 
And it wasn't a very welcoming environment, you know, like I got people yeah. telling me that I triggered them and I got right. people telling me that I was borderline pornographic and just, it hurt my feelings, dude. Like yeah, it, fucked yeah. me. it really did. And like I, growing up the way we did, I was just like, fuck them, you know? And I just shut down for a while with that. And then I found you guys through Pat and Ian and you guys were just laughing and fucking being like, oh, dude, that's great. And then you were sharing your shit. I love you guys' shit. The fucking, I still think of your uh, Tina Turner one. That's my favorite, you know? <laughs> or you know Whitney I mean? Houston. Or Whitney Houston, yes. Whitney yeah. Houston, yes. <laughs> I love that one. I mean, I love all <laughs> your shit, but that's like my favorite, you know? And <laughs> like to me, like you guys are, are and I, I'm very grateful, like, um, like a real safe space for writers, you know? And um, that's why I traveled all the way up there to fucking read it. Yeah, it was so thing. great when you came up here. Yeah, yeah, dude. Good night. It was, <laughs> man. And you know, I, I kind of freaked yeah. out at the end of it and just split, but that yeah, I do that sometimes, but still, right, right. Sorry, me, you guys would understand, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, while I was saying to Mike G, what was cool about you coming was um, I got to actually see you in person and yeah. get a uh, a feel of your actual energy, yeah. which you can't get through fucking video chat. Totally. So I was yeah. like, and you were, um, I wouldn't say I had, you exceeded my expectations. Oh, wow. That way. You, wow, was so good. And, um, you were very with it and very, uh, Kind of, uh, you felt, seemed very controlled to me in your mind. Oh, so, shit, man. Yeah. Thank you, bro. It's not like I expected anything bad, but yeah. you, you really, um, you surprised me in a very good way. It was yeah. just, you know, I, I mm. don't know. I was expecting whatever to see through the yeah. fucking video. And I was like, oh, yeah. wow. Like, yeah, he's, he's got a, a fucking feel to him. He's got a yeah. vibe. So it was oh, very thanks, cool. Man. This is DJ Grand Wizard, Grand Imperial. Brand of them all, DJ Prince Paul, brand new Stephanie Science. Some of y'all waiting on detox. Y'all thought Wise was a beatbox. Y'all thought we broke up. But now y'all giving up. Click clack, stitch back, call out what you want, but it's just rap. I heard on the street, bring the band back. Cross my heart, brought the band back. So we here now, where your man's at. The one who was laughing on the internet But now we smash on the internet Class on the internet We just say that Hands in the air if they love life Shoutin' out Philly cause they love bikes We in Brooklyn most of the time And the whole southern time Might have seen us with a drum set Bobby Simmons on iHeartRadio Prince Paul on the new Chris Rock show Gamble, gamble Bet, bet, playing 928, it ain't hit yet You know a girl got a black and yellow house When we play, she come out, cause she eat, sleep, and shit stack I'm a guy waiting on detox Y'all thought wise was a beatbox Y'all thought we broke up But now y'all giving up But now y'all giving up But now y'all giving up Clean your vision up, this is 2020 Big money, milk and honey when you're working and you can't sleep All you're thinking when you're up is about your big dreams On the bus with the band Big dreams On the truck like a trap going upstream You ain't about that You can lead it I can save these tickets for my best friend You can always know exactly where you are Shady Pies Radio You've always been invited And now You're here
You're listening to Shady Finds Radio.